Have we been, re- been recording this entire time? Oh, yeah, we, we're five, okay, six so minutes in. If I fuck it up, you can just grab any one of my 15,000 sokoyais <laughs> I've been dropping over the last 30 minutes. You're listening to Those Dram Yinzers with your hosts, John and Zach. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And welcome to Those Dram Yinzers, where we drink bourbon and talk about it. Someone asked, like, do you only drink bourbon? I was like, no. But they're like, well, you say that. And I was like, yeah, but it kind of that's just kind of how it happened. Yeah. And I wonder if we should, like, change it up based off what we're having that day. You could just say, I just drink. We drink. We drink. And <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> so, so we have our next guest our next admin for the pittsburgh whiskey friends with us and it is alex sokoyai did i get it right sokoyai yeah you were pretty close sokoyai zach Damn it. I, we practiced before and zach did way better than i did i still fucked it up <laughs> he's still like better than 99 percent. and i thought Maelli was had issues sokoyai <laughs> I was going to be saying that randomly throughout the show, you guys, just so mm-hmm. you know. Every once in a while, there's going to be a pause. and <laughs> But Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this is really cool. Oh, you. I mean, we've said it multiple, multiple times. You guys are such an awesome group to work with and be a part of. And yeah, this is always, every time we have one in sit down with us, it's been a blast. And I'm sure tonight's going to be a blast. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you've been Bobby looking forward to this one. And it was a uh, yeah, well, this will be a new. I mean, it was a blast. Al- outside of like, obviously, we knew Bobby beforehand, yeah. but Alex was actually after I joined the group. Alex was the first one that talked to me, that nice. messaged me, and was like, "Hey, welcome to the group. Like, we should get a drink and stuff." And when I went to the barrel event with, um, who's the guy that works or used to be a at the Cooperage? Oh my gosh! Oh, Mitch. Mitch, yeah. And we went to that. It was nice because I had someone. To talk to because Bobby wasn't going. I didn't know anybody, but Alex was the first guy I talked to in the group. So thank you. Right. <laughs> he definitely kept that like welcoming whiskey is better with friends like vibe I going like- for someone who really jumped out of their comfort zone going mm-hmm. to that, not knowing, not knowing anyone there. Right. I feel like I often play this ambassador role in the club because I just randomly message and reach out to different club members and mm-hmm. then. A lot of times we end up, yeah, we do something fun. Like, I'm sure you see Umberto post all the time. Oh, my gosh. That mm. was just, I, I was just talking to him randomly sometimes, and he's like, hey, you should come up and, like, hang out and we'll drink. And I'm like, yes, I will. Mm-hmm. And then now we're good friends and we do that kind of regularly. I mean, he is a legend among whiskey people for the mere fact of he turned a regular wine and spirits in the middle of nowhere Meadville. Into a premium store. It's entirely because of his purchases and orders through that store. Like, when we go up to the lake, I have a good selection to have there because of him. Like, (laughs) allocation bottles in the state. Like, Philly gets some. Philly gets a lot. uh, Pittsburgh gets some. And then Meadville gets some. (laughs) It's. Amazing. And he's probably the only one up there that even knows what any of that is. Oh, yeah. 
considering they were probably just like you regular like small town like we got the basics and that's Early all we times. need yeah we're gonna get a lot of hate mail from meadville why they don't have computers to listen to this it's a college town <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> That's where uh, it's Allegheny. I, I don't care yeah. if we get hate mail from Meadville. <laughs> what the hell do I care if we get hate mail from Meadville? I don't know anybody in Meadville. I'm sorry if I do know some of you from Meadville, but if I do, just goes to show you how nobody knows about Meadville. I, I'm gonna get a text from Alex, Christina's husband. Yeah, because he went to Allegheny. I'm gonna get a text. <laughs> so, um, Alex, uh, tell us before we get into your whiskey story because i think that's going to be this entire episode um how did you get involved with the group yeah i think about this it we all came together at once the admins and we're like this should be a thing yeah we aaron i met aaron through a beer group Mm -hmm. and one day he decided you know what i'd love to do this beer share type thing with whiskey same kind of format everyone brings bottles and shares and uh i was talking to him at a beer share and he's like yeah we're gonna do it whatever this saturday and i don't know how the other people found out about it but they did and it was just a handful of us and we went down to the dirty dog cigar shop and shared whiskey and it was so much fun we decided to do it again after the second time, which was also like a fiasco, I won't get into the details of that, but it was very, <laughs> very memorable, but it all brought us closer. <laughs> and after that, Aaron was like, this has to be a real thing, because that was a blast, mm. and this needs to be like a real deal. So he said, guys, I want you to be admins in this club with me, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh Whiskey Friends, uh, very similar to the form we see it today was born i mean of course it was just a handful of members and then all right here's a facebook group there's like 15 people mm-hmm. as members mm-hmm. and then we just kept meeting every month kept talking about how do we spread the love of whiskey and friendship and generate content and it just kind of evolved very naturally from there with a lot of us pouring our hearts and souls into it mm-hmm. and our our love and then eventually now the content generates itself and we we try to focus now on doing things like more community outreach, meeting different people, doing um, store picks, setting up fun events. And mm-hmm. So we've more geared towards towards that. I think that answered your question. It did. No. And some. No, I. it's – and now we're sitting at what, 600? Uh, I think we've eclipsed 800. Have we gone that? Wow. So that's 200 people from when Aaron was here. Wow. Because Aaron, I think he looked it up that day and it was like 600. Wow. So that's amazing in itself. Well done, guys. (laughs) Between then and now. So let's, we're going to, like, obviously we're going to have a fun conversation table. We're just going to, you brought in a nice assortment for us. So let's get into whatever you want us to try first. Okay. First, um, and you've brought all scotches? No. Okay. Um, I wanted to have a mix, something that's sort of eclectic. It's more than half of it is scotch. Uh, well, that's not even true either, actually. This is scotch-like, but it's not okay. scotch. But, uh, I drink an eclectic mix. Most of what I drink is scotch, and 
what I like of Scotch is definitely heavily weighted towards peat and heavily peated mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to show a selection to you guys. Um, the, it's very diverse, right? So I think the best place to start, it's not peated. Um, it's strong in alcohol, but I think this has a lot of nuance. It's softer in its base flavors and it's sherry matured, sherry cask matured. So it does have a touch of sweetness and roundness to mm-hmm. it. It's the Glenlivet Nadura cask strength Oloroso matured expression. So, so the, the Oloroso is the that's the sherry that they use. Yes, uh, so it's matured in Oloroso sherry casks. Now this one says single malt, and I don't think we've really gotten into like the 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 deep types of scotch no we've not so what makes what makes this a single malt like what does that mean so it's called single malt because it comes from a single distillery okay and it's made of malted barley what's interesting is you would think um oh as long as it's malted something but if you would make a malted wheat whiskey in in scotland uh it it counts as a grain whiskey or if it has a proportion of anything other than malted barley in it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is then considered a grain and that includes non-malted barley so if you put a little bit of non-malted barley in your in your mash or you have um one of you blend together something of that nature Mm -hmm. with what would be called single malt it then becomes grain whiskey. So this is a hundred percent. This is a hundred percent malted, malted barley, malted barley coming from a single distillery, which is Glenlivet. Okay, the Glenlivet. See, I didn't know that. Glenlivet is a Speyside distillery. Okay, so there where are, is that in? So there are a few regions in Scotland, and because um, I know of like the Islays, the Highlands. And that's 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 my extension of. So it's um, broken down. The whiskey regions are Highlands, Lowlands, Speyside, uh, Isla. Isla. And, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I will say. Now the reason for that under the breath expletive was because I poured more than I meant to. No, oh. I was just kind of like. Well, you can always like donate to me. I mean, <laughs> hey, whatever. Well, you should be joining us. <laughs> not that Zach's being a, a baby about it but we have a good mix to go through and I need him to be able to drive home I need me to be able to drive home too <laughs> alright so we'll we'll kick this off in Scottish fashion and we'll say in, in Gaelic Slanjava 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 You're going to hear lots of chewing noises. Yeah. I always chew my whiskey. But So let me ask you, what is your first impression of this? Give me a, um, I know it's only one sip. First sip? Well, first sip, I feel like, I mean, we've shown this before. First sip to second sip to third, there's different parts that happen in the first. Now, the first for me. What do you smell? I smell the sherry. I smell the sweetness to that more than. 
any other weird uh, nose nosy bottle scents that you would get from from whiskeys or bourbons or everything like that. Like that sherry, the sweetness of that sherry is what's coming out for me. A little bit of like a like some sort of graininess, like a. I mean, I know it's all malted barley, but so that's makes sense of why that's. What about you? You're you're deep in thought over there. I mean, it makes sense if you're used to drinking more bourbon. You you smell predominantly that corn note, or if it's a rye, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I sense the rye. Mm-hmm. And when it's all malt, malted barley, like, oh, there's a cereal kind of note, yeah. and that's the malted barley. Mm-hmm. So you'll get more of those bready things. Mm-hmm. It's got just typically if there's a grain note. A lot of that does depend on how uh, the spirit was distilled and where the cuts were made. And cutting out and blending in different fractions of the distillate will give you different notes that are different types of fruits, whether those are tropical fruits, there are stone fruits, palm fruits, um, ready or cereal notes, husky notes, meaty notes, mm-hmm. or smoky or phenolic notes. And it all comes from where, what fractions of the distillate that you take out and, and blend together. This is what we're getting out of Alex. Every everyone that's been on, we've gotten some sort of knowledge from them. Aaron, you get the the background to the group and all the other, you know, the the assortment of he, of the samples that he brought. Even though we gave him a hard time about it, like um, Scott brought the the nosy bottles, like understanding the nose sense and. I don't know why I'm blanking on words. And then nosy notes, nosy notes. Thank you. And then um, Bobby brought a lot of knowledge about the palate, the palate, and the the American style of whiskey and bourbon, and, and all. And his knowledge, obviously, of Booker's. Alex is bringing this whole other realm of palate and nosy notes because I've. If you ever read any of Alex's, like when he talks about like making food, mm-hmm. it's just out of this world. And, and the combinations you come up with to put together to make something, I I want you to be my my home chef. Like <laughs> only if he, only if you share. Only yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you say, hey, come over and cook some food, I would say absolutely. I love <laughs> I love cooking food mm-hmm. at home. I love cooking food at other people's houses, mm-hmm. and I kind of done that a strange amount in my life so far and you said um i think before i hit the record button did you call yourself the scotch bobby yes yes i did <laughs> scotch bobby because i will i'm gonna screw you guys up oh you're just with, a little bit mm-hmm. of a scotch bobby <laughs> i you told you haven't said anything what do you think it's a very i get it's very floral to me mm-hmm. in the nose mm-hmm. um i do get the sweetness in the sherry I do get kind of that yeasty breadiness from the barley. Um, I didn't know how to put my finger on it until you said bready smell, and I was like, "That's what I'm smelling." It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of a of like when I when I go to um, mother trucker. Why is my brain not working? Oh, today? I can't think of words either. Gosh, so you're good to go. Dang it! <sighs> there it is, Mancini's. When I go mm-hmm. to Mancini's bread mm-hmm. uh, to get a loaf. It kind of reminds me of the smell of the bakery a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but like a sweeter version of that with a little bit of floral. And it's not 
Like it's not like you're like, oh my god, you know what I mean? No, like actually, it's very really subtle's nice. not the right word because subtle sounds negative. Soft. Yes. It's a very soft smell. It's not harsh on the palate. Or mm-hmm. it's not harsh on the nose. No, it's, it's palate. A... <laughs> I get a lot of smoke. See, I don't get any. I get spice Such... up front and it sweetens out in a bit and then Maybe you didn't about... wash your glass. What? Maybe he didn't wash his glass uh, well enough, and it's like if there was something peaty in there. Oh no, those I've had that happen dishwasher. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just these I'm, are I'm, these are clean. You guys need to understand. With scotch, I am a baby. Twenty-two. <laughs> it's spicier on the front. Like I said, that sweetness kicks in towards the middle. Finish is really nice. It's and you don't get any sort of heat. Or for me, I don't get it like the, the heat, the burn, the hug until maybe a couple seconds after. And it comes up, like comes back. and it's But it's not harsh. I, I really enjoy it. I don't know if smoke is the right word. I de- There's a phenolic thing, like I, a clovey mm-hmm. maybe yeah. thing that and comes afterwards. I get the peat. I really get the peat. Not like twenty two. Mm-hmm. Nothing like twenty two. You might be shocked to know that this is not peated. It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. I swear not it's peated. I love peated I... things, but I wanted to bring something that uh, I thought actually is even for me a little bit shocking that I like it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going big and hit you over the head, Pete, I typically go for something that is like here are these nuanced combinations of floral and twin twinges of citrus peel with a blanket of sherry and so like glen Morangi's different sherried expressions are another great example like i love things like that if i'm not going full smoke and brimstone what's the age on this so it's non-age stated okay uh so at least four years at least well, three years scott scott at least probably different yeah, the okay. way that it works in, so it would be at least three years old. Okay. Do they all have to be at least three years old? If you want, or is there something on the bottle that says it, if you want to call it Scotch whiskey, mm-hmm. then it has to be at least three years aged in. Oh, okay. Now, the labeling also works a little bit different, right? Because while bourbon. It has to be produced in one season, and they don't, like, blend different seasons together. Yeah. So, fall or spring production season, you know, they can blend different barrels together, of course, Mm -hmm. in different batches. But if it was from a different year, they're not going to blend those things together and call it bourbon or Mm -hmm. ball and bond or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, When it comes to scotch whiskey... They'll take something that w- that is like a 50-year-old cask and blend it with something that's three years old, just barely legal, and then they can call it Scotch Whiskey. Now, they can't label it 50 years old. Because they threw the three in there. Yeah, because they, they added the young stuff. Mm-hmm. And now they may not choose to state the age because they feel it would have a negative impact in the perception of mm-hmm. the bottle, even though it could taste absolutely phenomenal. A lot of the times, distillers will choose not to disclose that. Or you'll see, like, there's no big number right on the front. 
But sometimes, like in the case of, I think this is a good example, uh, Kilhoman, which is an, one of the Isla distilleries, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, they have bottles. They're pretty new, actually. They'll be like a blend of three, four, and five-year-old whiskeys. <clears throat> and they'll say that in like small print in the back. Okay. So the, the labeling conventions do work a little bit differently with mm-hmm. scotch than they do for American whiskeys. It's good to know. Yeah. No, I, we've been wanting to do like a, a scotch uh, lesson, Episode, yeah. basically, like in kind of getting – I think that's – we're going to be able to do that today. I mean, we already have, and I think we're going to get a little bit more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get that in PA? Yes, absolutely you can. And when it – I wait till it goes on sale because every now and again they dump a sale on it that knocks $15 off the price. Oh, wow. And it happens, like, every once in a while. I've seen it happen multiple times. So I wait to pick up this bottle when they when they give $15 off. I think it's an, an, a great whiskey, even at full price. But if you get it for $15 cheaper, hell Well, yes. yeah, I mean, anything, if you can get that. Yeah. Oh, yes. what, is the, what is the regular? And then, obviously, what's uh, the sell? Uh, it's like, I think it's like 80 or 85 bucks now. Uh, so with $15 off, I think it's really a good value. It's not age stated, but I think that's that's just some kind of marketing and they only because it tastes great. So it didn't go in a different barrel and then the sherry. It went straight into the sherry. Right. So reading reading the label here, uh, this is Oloroso matured. So that, that, so that it, tells it, me. It, yeah. it, is, it is aged in the in the sherry casks and their first fill sherry casks. So a lot of, uh, a lot of scotch is bourbon barrel mature and a lot of, a lot is, is sherry or other wine casks mm-hmm. for a long time. Originally they were all just used wine casks from Europe. And then the, after bourbon started to become a thing, the Scots realized that they could buy used bourbon barrels for really dirt cheap. Because bourbon manufacturers had no use for them. Because if they used them again, then it wasn't bourbon. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Scots, being really frugal and penny-wise, they, they found that they could buy a lot of these bourbon casks for a good price. Less expensive, far less expensive than to buy uh, different sherry butts, actually. And then they also discovered happily that it impacted their whiskey pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noted that this was a first fill sherry cask matured. Mm-hmm. First fill means that they dumped the sherry out of it, and then they put Glenlivet put the whiskey in it. So it didn't go through like a it couple didn't different go types through, of um, Glenlivet <clears throat> putting whiskey in it two or three times, or a different distillery putting whiskey in it, however mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. So you can use the casks a lot. Mm-hmm. You can use them a whole bunch. Of times. Well, when we were at when we went down for – or when I went down for Lee's bachelor party and we did that episode, you know, we went to um, Angel's Envy and their rye is rum finished. But those rum barrels, before they were rum barrels, were cognac barrels. So they were cognac barrels and they were sent down and they were 20-year-old rum barrels and then they brought it back to finish. Then Angel's Envy buys it and finishes theirs. So you're right. Like this, And I'm sure some, they're selling theirs. I think they're selling theirs somewhere. In, uh, I think she said Dewart's. I might be wrong on that one. But like – so there's one that's one, two, three 
different things have already gone through it and now a, a distillery in Scotland is, is buying those ones and then using it. Like it's just interesting yeah, very to see. Interesting well, you profile. say they went to Dewar's. I think so she Dewar's, said Dewar's, Dewar's buys Dewar's is a, um, is a really a blender. So okay. they'll, they'll buy uh, well, sometimes it's excess capacity. Sometimes it's, you know, they go through a specific buying process and they'll buy mm-hmm. other distilleries product Mm-hmm. And then blend it to their specifications. Gotcha. Okay, right. They hold massive stores of all these different casks in warehouses, mm-hmm. and then blend it to try to be really consistent. Um, which makes blending actually really hard to do if you want to put yeah. a consistent product. Absolutely. So I really have a lot of respect for blenders for mm-hmm. if they can create a good product, and or if they can create a very consistent product. Mm-hmm. Even though I drink mostly single malts, so we do have a blend to taste later in this rotation. Um, I had another question about this one. Oh, so is there some rule or law that says that if you're making scotch in a distillery, you have to use a used barrel, or do they ever use like brand new barrels? Yeah, they have virgin virgin oak barrels. Okay, they, you you can do that. There's no specific law around used. It's just that's more typical just because kinda, it, yeah. a lot of times it's cheaper to buy a used barrel mm-hmm. than a brand new. Okay. That's good. And it tastes good. Like it there are certain uh compounds in the wood that have broken down and been sort of washed out by whatever was previously in it. And then the further aging I mean, you might get less harsh things out of the barrel the second time you use it. For that reason. Different if mm-hmm. there was any resins that didn't come out when the when the barrel wood was seasoned. Mm-hmm then those have been kind of taken out and leached out by whatever was in it previously. Interesting. So it's a side benefit of, a, of mm-hmm. using a used barrel. Mm-hmm. Brain's not working. <laughs> I had another question in the middle of that, and I lost it. It's gone. Whatever it was. It'll come back to me later. We'll be in the middle of another barrel and... Bottle any thought, any other bottle thoughts head. you had on on this one like palate thoughts? Well, clearly I'm a dumbass because I'm like that's peated, that's smoky. It was oh. neither of those things, but I um, got a little bit of a smoke in there. But I I, got, I could I feel like I could have in a blind test tell that that wasn't that that was I probably couldn't have said it's kind of a, you know whatever because no, I've never heard of this one prior to this, but I could tell that it was a scotch. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was a scotch. Um, I'm still undecided about it. Well, I mean, you you put. Anyone that has any sort of knowledge, like, oh, Glenlivet sounds nice. I think that would be a nice, like, scotch bottle to have if you've had, if you have one. I don't know. For me, I don't know. So you're, you're the scotch expert, so. It's interesting. I don't really typically like Glenlivet. This is the one of the only Glenlivet expressions I've had that I like. Mm-hmm. And I really like this one. As we get the next one poured out you want to tell us your whiskey journey how did you what was the first whiskey or scotch that you had and then what was the first one that really got you like pushed into like yes i want to pursue drinking this like really drinking it so the first liquor i ever tasted was actually it's on this table now um and we'll taste it later okay and i had a when i was like two I liked it. Maybe I shouldn't have wait, liked wait, it. Wait. I liked it. 
You had it when you were oh yeah two. <laughs> I know because we we're all tasting it, and I mean, I just want to make sure I heard you. Right. My dad and/or my aunt were like, "Here, you have some too." So they poured me in like a half a shot. Mm-hmm. Just like, I liked it. Yeah, they probably didn't think you would. <laughs> No, yeah, it was kind of strange for me that I liked it, but it's like, no, everyone's having some. We're gonna share it, and mm-hmm. I, okay, that's just cool. how it went. Yeah, but uh, I guess that was the the really the first the first drink. Um, first whiskey I ever had. I was probably like, I don't know, as a kid, and I was with my dad. It was just me and him, and okay, mom's not here. We had some mm-hmm, dinner, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm I'm gonna have a, a a scotch, and I like Glenfiddich. I I'm gonna get two, and I'm like ten or something. But mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. I'm gonna have a scotch with dad, like, mm-hmm. and it was great. I yeah. loved it. And f- from then on, I always thought, you know what? I like Glenfiddich because mm-hmm. I and it always brought me back to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in- so your your love of scotch really started very very early on. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, without realizing it, yes. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed with, I don't know if you've noticed this too, with our, with all the, these guys that we've had on and we ask them, a lot of times it ties back to what did their dad drink? What did their grandfather drink? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like gets instilled to them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Very personal thought, memory. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy those, mm-hmm. those ones when you can tie back to family. Well, what's interesting is my dad, like, never really drank whiskey like habitually mm-hmm. at all ever that was like a weird one-off mm-hmm. thing but then after that like a lot of times i'd be with him we'd go do something and then it was just me and him and okay mom's not around she's not gonna get upset like after <laughs> dinner let's let's have a, a whiskey or mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is but you know i mean like beer whatever but it was never super into it and i always thought he knew so much and was like oh wow you mm-hmm. like really nice things dad mm-hmm. and then later on i fall down the rabbit hole and i'm showing him stuff and he's like son i i don't know anything about anything <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't even understand what you're saying <laughs> uh, but really it's sort of whiskey I guess the next most memorable thing is in college, I, I would have dinner parties with mm-hmm. some of my friends and I'd cook, you know, whatever, several course meal. And, um, uh, my one friend who had a lot more money than all of us would show up with a bottle of like McAllen 18 <laughs> and then we'd, dr- we'd, we'd drink that after the meal mm-hmm. and like smoke some cigars or whatever. Um, and then I didn't really think about it for quite a while. I sort of fell down the rabbit hole of beer. I moved for work. I said one day, I'm going to learn how to brew beer. I really don't know what possessed me to do that, but <laughs> I just did it. And I fell down that rabbit hole and I learned all kinds of really cool things that really tie directly into the whiskey production process. Because up until a certain point, it's almost the same as making beer. I mean, they even call it, don't they even call it, like, distiller's beer? Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're going to make um, scotch whiskey, like, you basically make beer without hops in it, mm-hmm. and then distill it. Mm-hmm. That That's almost exactly what mm-hmm. it is. And actually, uh, a lot of distilleries got started 
taking the the leftovers from breweries nearby. They didn't even really brew the the wort. The distilleries had like leftover mash that they had already rinsed through a couple times, and they basically gave them the ends of the drippings. They mm-hmm. just took them because they're like, hey, this is free. They're just going to throw it out. We're going to take the, like, uh, dishwater wort from the <laughs> l- local brewery, uh-huh. and then we're going to throw some yeast in, into it and ferment it and mm-hmm. then distill it. Uh, so it's kind of I- interesting that that's how that started, but really it is, like, making beer. Yeah. So, But I didn't really drink whiskey, like, ever. And then I came to Pittsburgh, and when I got into this oh like we're gonna have a whiskey meetup i'm like okay i haven't had whiskey in since college but whatever i'm gonna like bring a bottle of glenfiddich or something and Mm -hmm. then show up and have a good time and it was that moment uh with with aaron and i think bobby bobby was there for the first one yeah i was like hey that was so much fun i should get into this Mm mm-hmm and then from there, I fall fell down the rabbit hole very, very quickly and aggressively. <laughs> it's very easy to fall down uh, that hole. Yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> it, it was it was a da- downhill mm-hmm. downhill trek there very quickly, and I just had this appetite. To, oh my god, I need to get into this more. I need to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's just my personality. But that's really mm-hmm. how I got into whiskey, and it all really started basically at the same time as Pittsburgh whiskey friends came together mm-hmm. with the admin saying we this needs to be a thing mm-hmm. i would put that as coincidental cool that's really cool i always love hearing these you know we ask them as like it's a standard question for guests but they're fun because yeah. you get so many different there are some similar attributes it's a lot of like there's a lot of ones where it's like family related but then i don't know then its own they have their own obviously personal touches to each one, and it's I really enjoy it. That's one of the great things about whiskey is it's a storyteller's drink. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, you know history to whiskey, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of history to the people who drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you got next for us? So, I think to tie into how that whole story went, and it started with Unicum, mm-hmm. and then ended with me being obsessed and falling down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I have exactly the order of that. It, it, it perfectly okay. describes it. So we're going to have Unicum next. Unicum, here I'll, let, I'll describe it as you guys pour. Okay. Unicum is an herbal liqueur. Uh, it's a Hungarian herbal liqueur that in, what is it, 1890-something? Or, no, 1790? I forget, but was some uh, prime minister king had some ailments and he asked this physician to cook up some concoction and he made this herbal concoction and um, oh no it was the archduke and he exclaimed when he had it and it cured him um, they were speaking in German, so he said, Das ist ein Unikum. Like, this is a cure-all. Uh, and, uh, seven, 1790 was the year that it okay. was, was made first. And 
it has stayed exactly the same recipe since then. And that is through wars and being occupied by Russia. And actually, during the time that was under Soviet control, the manufacturers of Unicum, the Zvak family, fed them, gave them false recipes. So for years, they kept the secret and the factory that was controlled by the Soviets then and under their direction, they were producing not Unicum. It was a false recipe. Oh, wow. And and then immediately after no more Soviet control, they came out and started right back up producing the family well, recipe. That was pretty, that's pretty and smart. And they kept it a secret all those years, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it roughly falls into this cat. It really, you could probably call it flavored whiskey because it's actually um, 100% corn-based distillate. Super dark. And matured in oak barrels. I've actually visited the Unicum Diar. The Diar is the word for distillery. Okay. Or like factory uh, in Budapest. And it's a really cool facility. And I've been in the warehouses and seen the barrels are as big as like boats. Whoa. Like large boats. <laughs> and they didn't dismantle them. A lot a lot of um, distilleries in uh, Hungary and in Europe had been dismantled by the Soviets to build ships and bridges and things, Mm -hmm. but they didn't dismantle these ones at Unicum that they've been using since 1790, the same barrels because they were too large to move. They couldn't move them. They were too large. So they've sat in exactly the same spot since then. That's amazing. But a hundred percent corn distillate based. And then there's a, a blend of, I think, like 80 different botanicals and spices. And it's a very well-kept secret about what those are and their proportions. So it's unknown. And they will refuse to tell you anything or confirm or deny the mm-hmm. presence of anything in Unicum specifically. It's still to this day one of my favorite alcoholic beverages. It's very intense. So do you normally drink it? straight is it an aperitif or digestif or do you yes. mix it with it anything? is a, it is an aperitif digestif mostly a digestif traditionally though um as cocktail culture has recently started to i think just a, like started budding in in budapest uh they are now coming out with different cocktails that utilize unicum previously it wasn't like that it was almost uncool like everyone drank it i guess because it was like a traditional household thing but it was a special occasion something because it's more expensive than other white liquors or palinka Mm -hmm. like schnapps Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a special occasion thing but it's very very important to the the heritage there mm-hmm. and you know i think they like to tout that and i they're for a very good reason the story and the family behind unicum is amazing and the product's very good too so how do they get it did they age it really long or how, like how do they get it so dark so they also add a like a burnt sugar syrup okay they like take they take sugar and then they um like they cook it until it's very, very dark mm-hmm. and becomes a 
a dark syrup, mm-hmm. but like almost burnt or like slightly burnt, mm-hmm. very dark. And then they add that dark burnt sugar into it. This has an, a, a very interesting, like it definitely has a medicinal like smell. <clears throat> it's just going to sound really stupid and I hope it's not like rude, but there's, I get like a Coca-Cola yes. whiff to it. Because there's, I mean, cola is, it's similar in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it's a bunch of different herbs and spices cooked mm-hmm. together and sweetened mm-hmm. with caramel syrup. So this Kind of is like a distilled version mm-hmm. of Coca-Cola, and I'm so glad that you put that Okay, together. see, I was afraid to say it. I thought it was going to be, like, rude no, to say I, it. Because it, they're very similar for those reasons. That's a great way to distinct, uh, succinctly describe what unicum tastes like. Now, a lot of people that I sh- share this with, they it absolutely hate it because it's almost difficult to drink. You're not expecting it, or it's bitter and the smell and the taste are opposite ends of the spectrum it's definitely got that bitterness to it i mean i've had other digestives a lot more uh, of like italian ones and they they have a lot of like the bitterness to it too and um though i funny story i went i went to italy and i asked around because i know that amaro uh, uh, amaros are a very popular thing there, mm-hmm. and I love that kind of bitters. So I asked every bar I went to, I had asked the bartender, what is the best amaro? Mm-hmm. And I I kid you not, almost every single one of them said, have you heard of unicum? <laughs> and I was like, heard of it? That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting them all to say different Italian ones, right, and they all, yeah. they all said Unicum is the best tomorrow. <laughs> Just blew my mind. But yeah, there's lots of uh, you know woody notes and like things from different seeds, like fennel and anise. Uh, there's a citrus thing. Like I taste grapefruit peel in this pretty yeah. intensely. I was just gonna, I was gonna say orange peel, but grapefruit peel is way better. Uh, a better description. There's different, certainly different kind of like peppercorns, and I bet there's cardamom in this too. So it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most different thing we've ever had on the show. <laughs> it's thicker. Oh, that's was one of my points I had with the Glen. The Glen, but it was it was very oily. Not to go backwards in the show, but it was very oily, and so you had that, like you said, you're going to say a lot of chewing sounds because when you get this thicker, oilier. You want to smack Whiskies. your lips? Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, part of that is very much the first fill sherry. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of that sherry influence mm-hmm. in but, it. But but back to this. There's a licorice aspect to it. again with the amount of herbs and spices and everything. And you're gonna just there's just things. so much to do with this one. I love and you're it. right. This as a digestive, I I showed you the digestive glasses that I have. That that would be the extent that I would probably be able to have of of this one. Oh yeah. I mean, I drink more of it than that personally because for some reason I just love it. I love mm-hmm. all of the bitter flavors and the spiciness mm-hmm. and the different the different tastes. Uh, it's like a sensory overload, but I, I mm-hmm. love it. But it really does. It cures any stomach ache or whatever. Even if you have a hangover, like. Drink some unicum and a seltzer water, and you'll be set. 
It oh, works well. better than most medicines. Maybe you should I give think. Zach some for for tomorrow morning when he's got to go to work. I don't like. I don't have Advil. <laughs> I don't have Advil at home. I have Unicum. Works better. I mean, it is. The name says it is a cure all. <laughs> Has downtown or throw it out for the Unicum. I don't want to be rude. You're, you're not going to insult me. You're not <sighs> because a lot of people absolutely hate it because it's just not their deal. It's a throw it out for me. I just couldn't get behind the bitterness. So I'm going to say at downtown, it was interesting as a bitterness. I don't typically have digestive aperitifs like no, in my house. Yeah. But if you are a fan of those ones, and if you are a fan, you probably have heard of this already. Yeah, yeah or in the case of Michelle, Scott's wife, mm-hmm. like I gave this to her to try, and she fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. It's like your favorite thing. I like bring back Unicum for her <laughs> because she just fell in love with it. So... Most people hate it, and then like the people who do love it, it's like their favorite thing ever. So it's just very polarizing. Can we get it here? No. Okay. Could we find it at a bar here? I've never seen it. Okay. I I the only way that I ever have it here is because I bring it Go back. On. Yeah. Bring it back. So our rating system is mute at this point <laughs> for that one. But it's on. I mean, if you do find somewhere, maybe not in the Pittsburgh area, I but mean, if you do find it, it somewhere, if, or you, try it, and you've had digestives before, and you are into that, I think this would play well. Lee, whose bachelor party we went on, he loves his bitter digest. That's usually when I have him. It's at his house. I think he would truly enjoy this. Yeah, or it actually really would make a, a fantastic cocktail bitters mixer thing. Hmm. Um. And I'm no cocktail expert, but because it has the bitter and sweetness and all these different herbal components to it, you could definitely throw like a couple drops of this in with Mm -hmm. a bourbon and probably make some pretty cool drinks. So what are we pouring now? This is my, uh, or this is a homemade whiskey. (laughs) So this is literally in a mason jar. Well, a fancy looking mason jar, basically. Huh? Yeah, but it's it's a mason jar nonetheless. <clears throat> I bought them in this size because they were the right size and they were cheaper. Actually, they were on mm-hmm. sale. And I was like, yeah, but it looks really nice too. All right, and so walk, a, walk us through. what I mean, you said it's yours, so what what'd you do? <laughs> what'd you do? <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> So this one is actually really cool. It'll never, ever be recreated because I uh, made... This is from probably six different combined batches of beer that I brewed over time. I combined all of them, uh, distilled it, and then I did a second... Like, I... Put in more beer into the still plus the first, the first distillate. Mm-hmm. So it's like a one and a half times distillation. Okay. Of all of these different beers with different malt profiles and contents, uh, so the malt re- this recipe could never ever be recreated. But I think it's really cool and strangely complex. What's in the bottom of the? The jar. I see stuff. What's down there? So there are some oak chips uh, in okay. here, and uh, just for added depth, 
I, so I will just take raw oak and I toast it and char it mm-hmm. to my specifications. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of pre-made chips or staves or cubes out there, but I don't really like them because I don't have control over yeah uh, it. And it's important. Like, you don't know where that wood came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's important because you don't know if it's been seasoned properly. And a lot of times it's not. So you'll you'll just – it'll taste like wood sap. Like, it'll taste like pencils and <clears throat> it'll just be and You don't horrible. want that. No. You, but uh, if you – So is that how you aged it? You put I, it in the – Yeah. So, I mean, if you really want to be technical, it's not whiskey – because it wasn't, at least by the uh, the standard of, it wasn't in an, a wooden container. It was in a container with wood. Mm-hmm. But but you had just added your own chips and stuff to... Yeah, but it, it's similar to something that will taste later where it's like... And now that's becoming more popular where things are aged in stainless but with added wood... And I understand from a production process standpoint, it allows you to have a lot tighter control on your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, purists will deny it, but I mean, there's no scientific reason why that couldn't be feasible. Mm-hmm. All right, the glass is inert, the chips are good, I can pull it when I want, or mm-hmm. add new chips, or I can and I can toast and and mm-hmm. uh, char the chips to whatever degree of temperature exactly I want, which I know like. These chips were toasted at 450 degrees Fahrenheit for mm-hmm. an hour, and then I blasted them with a torch until <laughs> uh, you know, they, they were just about black to my liking. Right? So it was char level Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Not one, two, three, four, five. Char that's, level Alex. <laughs> that's proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of different. You said you put all those the beers together. This is definitely non-chill filtered. <laughs> and oh, this is oily for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm proud of this. Uh, you know, feel free to give your honest thoughts, but I'm proud of it because I love that it smells sweet. I feel like we've gotten back to like the American style nose. I feel it more. You know what I mean? Like this this smells a lot more like the other ones we've usually done on the show. Um. Where you're getting that alcohol up up front. It smells really sweet though too. Yeah. Which I like. I got a little bit of like an overall beer smell. Like not not like IPA or this or whatever. You know? It's like the esters from a beer, yes. you know. There's like maybe not maybe Apple's not the right but like palm fruits. Mm-hmm. So you can smell palm fruits. I smell the sweetness, but that's like mm-hmm. a lot of that's coming out of the wood, and there's like a like honey bread, like if that's a thing, mm-hmm. like you've you've gotten like this is also the bottom of your jar too. So this stuff has been this this down here has been sitting and collecting and quote unquote aging, you know, for about a year and f- five months. There you go. <laughs> Which is, I mean, so this thing's young. And this is what, well, I mean, well, I mean, it's young, but it's also in a, a yeah, smaller container. Right. That's true. I get a, like a spicy sweetness to it. Kind of like, um, nutmeggy, little mm-hmm. cinnamony. Mm-hmm. 
maybe not quite all spice, but very like, think of like sweet, spicy uh, fall smells. And and that's what I kind of get off of this. We, we going back to Michael's? It smells like Michael's in the fall. No. Oh, I'm, that's what I, when you say all those, that's no. what I go to is. Like Maybe a, a little. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the baking spice, browning spice, I think is what it, it was yeah. called in that little book. Um, I get some of that there. kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to taste it now. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, uh, clovey phenolics and, you know, cinnamon and mace. <laughs> notes and and peppercorns mm-hmm. like get the peppercorn on the on the palate. that spice is there throughout <laughs> so the experience it's funny throughout this, the white dog version of this which i have at home is pure and sweet really <laughs> and so so many of these flavors are coming out of the wood that's mm-hmm. because the white dog the uncut stuff from the hearts is like uber dangerous because it's like sweet <laughs> and delicious and it's 90 percent alcohol oh jeez this is only 135 proof oh is only, that all only oh, oh jesus <laughs> oh. Lord oh that was my next question is did you did you do the i did not cut this at all no 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 i was gonna say did you use the whatever to test like the oh yeah yeah a hydrometer thermometer. hydrometer thank you it's a hydrometer yeah so interesting there's a know there's words. a hydrometer that you would use for for beer for measuring the original gravity uh which is basically like a measure of density of how much sugar is in the liquid mm-hmm. uh before and after fermentation to measure the uh Starting gravity, ending gravity, and calculate the final alcohol volume mm-hmm. from those figures. You have to use a different specialized hydrometer for alcohol, measuring alcohol. Mm-hmm. You can't uh, use a – in the presence of alcohol, you can't use what's called a refractometer. So refractometer, again, you're measuring density based on how light refracts through the liquid. Uh, you can use that for – uh, measuring the dissolved solids in something like the gravity of it, how much sugar is in it. But then once alcohol is in there, because it has a different density than water and it's a liquid, it screws up how the light refracts. So it makes your reading invalid. So you can't use a refractometer for things in alcohol. And so you need to use a different type of hydrometer that's specifically calibrated and everything for use with alcohols and high, especially higher alcohols. I don't have anything fancy. I'm sure you could use like infrared technology or something to read uh, the density or figure out how much alcohol is in something, but I definitely don't have those technologies. <laughs> I just read the meniscus, bro. <laughs> like you learned in science class. Yeah. I never thought I'd read the meniscus so much in my whole life. <laughs> I taste proof. <laughs> I taste the, the 130-odd some. John, it's only 135. Yeah. You you know it. I gave this to Bobby, and he was like, who made this? He he liked it. Well, yeah, Bobby just, loves his high proof. I didn't tell proof. him anything about it, and I was just uh, 
proud of myself that Bobby liked it. Mm. <laughs> this is definitely a Bobby this is whiskey. A Bobby whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. This would have fit perfectly with his assortment. That he I would have died. <laughs> you did die. I know, but I would have died for real. <laughs> like, well, then we would have just had the Unicum and yeah. it would have brought you back. <laughs> yeah, Unicum, cure all, even uh, death. So if you run into Alex in the next couple weeks i don't know how often you drink this around this. if anyone wants to try yeah. it I, and I, I do have m- more of this but it's only about 750 milliliters mm-hmm. more of this mm-hmm. i dropped a little water and just to see what that just to see oh there's that sweet caramel wow does that sugar that, that opened that up a lot. jump up yeah this almost has a nose of the papa's Ooh, I, that makes me very happy. Okay, when you say that. <laughs> that's. I mean, when I here, get a little here, orange here, here. on it, do you get a little bit of citrus on that. I get a little bit of an orange on that when when it opens up. Smell this one. I'm gonna drop it. You're not gonna drop. Yeah, it. it's like a um, like a pale grapefruit, that, mm-hmm. or like pomelo sort of smell. I mean that that sugary that sweetness that popped out. That's the first thing I thought of was was this Papa's. Yeah, just leave it over there. Um, <clears throat> no, you can't take it. Lisa will not let you leave the house. It'll it'll be in my bag. She'll never know. <laughs> she will when she comes down. It's like, where is it? Because she's been dying to have it. Um, for reference, just... pa- Papa's Pilar is uh, um, a very nice sweet rum that is either matured or finished in some kind of sherry cask. This. Well, it's it's done in sherry cast. It's uh, twenty four years this one, but then this was a pick from a store, and they finished it in bourbon barrels. So this I've, is the what we had at the end of Aaron's episode. I have a, Pil- a Papa's Pilar that's finished uh, finished in uh, PX sherry, Pedro oh, Jimenez sherry, which is a uber sweet, amazingly deep and rich. Is it sherry? sherry? What's it say in the front? Dark rum. Dark rum. Solera blended. Finished in a Spanish sherry cast. Sherry, okay. 43% alcohol by volume. 86 proof. 750 milliliters. You sound... Drink responsibly. That's all you needed to say at the end. Sound like a Diageo. So, back to your blend, because we both dropped a little water into it, and that's how we led to this. When When you bring the proof down... Not that I'm saying anything's wrong with you having it. You, you love your higher cast strength, everything. But bringing bring that down a little down bit to, to, to try to yeah. pick out the different notes, I would put it along the lines of a rye. Yes, it brought yes. it back when I put. Okay, because I'm not peppercorn spice. Like this is rye spice to me because I'm a child. <laughs> no. What? Because I'm a little baby when it comes to high proof, as Bobby so aptly showed everyone. Yeah, I thought this was I thought this was good, but it was like hard for me to drink at first when it was just at the pure 135, 135 proof. A little water in there opened it up, cut through the proof a little bit for me, and then I felt like I was drinking a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Kudos, sir. Yes, indeed. For for Cheers. from this coming from beer, originally and different. You said because it was different types of beer that you did. Yeah, essentially, I took a bunch of like half, uh, half consumed batches that I was like, 
I'm not going to finish these different batches of beer drinking them. I'm not going to waste it, though. I'll recycle it. So I'll <laughs> distill it. Mm-hmm. And no, the I, product was really cool. Yeah. I actually, like, went, went with the water in it just to cut through that proof a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this. So you so, need to cheers, call guys. up Wiggle or Liberty Pole or Red, probably Liberty Pole. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we singled them out a lot, but whatever. Um they need to do like a Alex's batch. <laughs> so I've talked to them about uh, doing pilot batches and stuff, and we keep trying to get it together, but the schedules never jive, mm-hmm. and it's a shame because we've been actually trying to run some pilot stuff mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But you're but anyway. reminding me of that, Ellen, Jim. Uh, you know they're listening. <laughs> yeah, like Robbie, Kevin. If you guys are listening, call him. Yeah, we need to. We need to do this. <laughs> No, I mean, bringing that proof down, you know, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Even to, like, 115. Really balanced this out really well. Like, there's a very, like, this is on par with some other rye whiskeys, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that we're not a big fan of rye whiskeys, so that's 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 uh, a compliment to you, sir. Very well done. Thanks, guys. Even though you guys are the experts. <laughs> Who guys? Those guys. Those guys. Yeah. The the admins. Yin's guys. Yin's guys. So which pain do we try next? I think I know. I'll save the abomination for the end. Uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. It, it is super aggressive. That's why I like it. For uh, fuck's sake, Alex. <laughs> We'll go with the slightly less aggressive one. There's a um, lot of sweetness backing this one. So the next up is... That's uh, what you said about the Unicum. It's sweet. They had sweetener. There was sweetness in there. There it's was orange. There bitter. was grapefruit peel. Dirty, rotten liars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I always think back to when... We had our share at Liberty Pole, and they were coming out with the was it the Peter Rye that they were coming out with soon, mm-hmm. and we argued about whether they should keep it at cash strength or not because yeah. you guys were all like, "Oh, you guys high high proof stuff was like, yeah, keep it at cash." I was like, "No, bring it down." Like, <laughs> I call cask strength as God intended. What's that? Sorry. Uh, it's as God intended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how God intended the whiskey to be. At What's strength. the difference between calling it cash strength versus barrel proof? Same thing. That's what I thought. Okay. I, I figured it was the same thing, but, you know, since we have you here, might as well ask. <laughs> I, I think it's just... In- Boy, if this ain't a scotch, I don't know what is. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh. Absolutely. It's a scotch, okay. <laughs> it's, an, it's an Isla... Oh, your favorite. I you do like your... uh, Yes. So it's an Isla blended Scotch whiskey. I don't want it. So so it's a blended Scotch whiskey. It is a blend of single malts. Okay. So even though all different single malts, because they put more than one of them together, it is no longer single malt. Yeah, because it's different distilleries. They all were single malts made okay. from all malted barley, but because they're from different distilleries mixed together, it is then called blended <laughs> oh, malt. Oh, and, and please tell us the name. What is this called? This is called Big Pete. 
Heat as in the, you know, briquettes of I don't have my phone. matter that you use to... I need to take a picture of Zach's face right now. <laughs> my phone's upstairs. <laughs> don't move. That is the look of a defeated <laughs> man right there. Send that to me, Zach. <laughs> you are not happy. All you have to do is smell it, and you know. Oh, I smell it. Yeah, I smell it, and I'm not even near it. You want to? You want to? You know what we should do, <sighs> Zach? Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna get what's left of 22, and we're gonna side by side it. <laughs> so who's gonna tell my wife that I'm dead? Yeah. Who? I, why, I, we call it 22 so much. Why what do I was even bother 20? smelling it? You know what it smells like? <laughs> Black <Campfire>. marker. <laughs> What was 22 again? We call it that. We just call it Wasn't the number. Ardbeg? Ardbeg 10? Yeah. Yeah. Ardbeg the devil's butthole. Ardbeg 10. Did you bring that? <laughs> so this is the the uh, blend of single malts in here is Ardbeg, Lamore, Kalila, and Port Ellen. So the last one, Port Ellen, is the most interesting of the bunch because it's not open. Port Ellen has been open for a, a long time. And like if you were to see or want to buy a bottle of Port Ellen be ridiculously expensive because just not like we talking thousands hundred thousand yes. like th- yeah. thousands okay well, like moolah some would be in the hundreds of thousands range no kidding yeah like really wow uh because they've been closed down for so long and it's basically right. yeah it they're all basically uh as as you would call it in the the american it's whiskey. run out it's it's, it's run out no i was gonna say it's dusty basically oh, yeah. it's a dusty yeah all those casks are dusties. So, mm-hmm. and apparently it's not just teaspoon of Port Ellen in this blend. Like, there's a significant amount of Port Ellen in the blend, which I think is really cool. So, even though it's, it's called Port Ellen, it. it's not Port Wine. Like, it's that was just the distillery's name. Oh yeah, it's the name of the distillery. Mm-hmm. They were probably called some ship's port mm-hmm. by there was mm-hmm. was Port Ellen. Just so I just so people at home aren't confused between. The, the name yeah like has nothing port, to do with port, port, port wine port okay wine. so i i think this is a great showcase of how a blended whiskey can come together in a really uh really fantastic way i when you think of you know doers or johnny walker a lot of people like those i personally don't i think they taste muddy and undefined and that's why i don't like mic them. drop <laughs> i mean everyone's in middle finger to doers and what's his face <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and if you like doers, you like Johnny Walker, like that's what you like. More power to you. Mm-hmm. I just don't happen to like it because of the reasons I said. I mm-hmm. think that they're muddy and undefined, though they're extremely consistent. And I have to uh, really give blenders props for creating consistent products right. like that. This is more one-off. This is a limited edition. It, it's not a consistent product, but it is a delicious one, and it takes a lot of skill to blend different distilleries together uh or blend anything together and have it come out and really pop who put this together satan. douglas lang oh yeah or <laughs> or satan, satan. <laughs> i mean that that peatiness that black marker just jumps out of the damn glass and zach has thrown his glass across the room <laughs> you want to try it Okay, it's not an option. You need to try it. He was gracious enough to bring us to us. You're drinking it. <laughs> Don't worry. You can skip this one and take a double pour of the abomination. I'll drink the peat. <laughs> no, I'm going to drink it. I'm a good host. 
My I, mother told me, try everything at least once. And you might even want to try, you know, have a little sip, add water to that one, because this is also a cask strength. Yeah, what is the proof on this one? Uh, I can't see the glass. It is 108 proof. Well, that's not too bad. Not compared to the 135 that we just had. This is this is going to be water. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need to add a video component, just for your facial expressions. So it has all those eyelid characters. It's like briny. Yeah. It's it's sooty and ashy. It's a little meaty. You get like grain husk. Mm-hmm. There's but there's this backdrop of graham cracker and honey. And now, like if you're overwhelmed by all the phenolics, it, it's you're very much distracted from that. But look, all that aside. The base underneath it is graham cracker and honey for sure. But the, those hus, husky bitterness, the ashy phenolics, and the sooty and meaty uh, flavors and fatty acid kind mm-hmm. of taste that you get from the tails of the, the peated distillate. Now, it could be because we just had your 135 proof, but nose to palate, this is not as intense as it smells. For sure, for sure. And it surprised like it's surprised me. Ve- I know people hate when you use the word balanced, but it is... For a blend, it's... It's pretty... It's pretty balanced. I'm trying to think of another word to not offend our Scotch lovers, but, like... I, I think I that's enjoy. the best way to, to put it. Like, uh, the reason, again, I don't a lot of times like blends is because... They balance things to the point of it being like mud. Like it has no definition. It has mm-hmm. no. It has no clear shapes. It's a amorphous blob of of flavors and smells that come together just barely. And they're very acceptable, but nothing beyond that. I think that this is balanced in such a way we're leaving enough definition and edges that it comes across. Like here are some clear defining flavors that you can. You can parse out, mm-hmm. you know, but the, it is cohesive. It is a whole. Everything jives. I, I, ex- well, I mean, if memory serves you right, I, I did. Rob and I did enjoy the Ardbeg Ten. I enjoy this more, a lot more than that. So that. actually, just last night, I tried this side by side with Ardbeg Ten. So okay, it's, which is kind of interesting because Ardbeg Ten is one of my like daily drinkers. And so you been, added it to the mix. Did you add it to the? Were you the one that brought the Ardbeg Ten to the? What are those called? Advent calendar. I don't. I honestly don't remember. That whole experience <laughs> is a blur. <laughs> probably, probably that and something else. I, I always have a bottle of Ardbeg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so when Zach comes over, you know what to pour him. Absolutely. No, I'm gonna pour him something even scarier. <laughs> This is better than the Ardbeg 10. For all my pissing and moaning leading up to this moment. Right. It's it's very, like, it's for the, the, the black marker and the smokiness that it does bring in. It's a lot more palatable. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could go so far as to say this is a has for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I could go so far as to say it's a throw it out for me either. You, this was a, you, you, I wrote it down before, this is a Christmas 2018 edition. Yes. So they, was, do they do this every year? They have different Christmas editions. Um, they have other big peats, and they. So <clears> what's <throat> cool is the tin that it comes in. It, there's this like 
dude with a beard and and stuff on it, Pete. Mm, that's Pete. And, and that's Big Pete. And like they have different editions of Big Pete, and mm-hmm. the the tin art reflects it, and it's Big Pete doing different activities or dressed a different way mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I think there's one with like his wife on it or something. Can you get it in PA? Uh yeah. So I got this bottle in PA uh, last year. Though it's not like super common. Uh-huh. I don't know if I I was in Philly and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, they well had, they get they everything. had exactly one bottle of this on yeah. the shelf and I bought it. What was the the price range on this? I think remember? I got this for sixty five bucks. Huh. So okay. so it's not out there. It, absolutely not out there. I think and I think for sixty five dollars you're getting an Isla cask strength. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty great. I still think I would put this at. I, I do enjoy it, but I would put it at a bar because my knowledge of of eyelids are not as vast as other things. So I'm not. Now you said you did side by side this with the Ardbeg Ten, and it has Ardbeg in it. I would put this at a downtown because there are different editions. So I'm sure there's probably differences and some similarities between each release that's why you do different seasonal releases or stuff like that so i would put this out of downtown if you see a bottle of big pete whether it's the 2018 christmas edition or any other ones that for me it's a bar absolutely uh downtown and and you know go downtown and try some Mm -hmm. some big pete because the bottle that you might have found or or what you might try at a bar might be a different edition of big pete right yeah different time and It'll be of interest, mm-hmm. and if maybe you you don't know if you're ready for the Pete profile, or it's not like typically your deal. Hey, it might bring you into it. That happens a lot. Like someone says they don't like Pete, and they it's because they had Lafroig, and then they try Ardbeg, and they love it. That's exactly what happened to Aaron, by the way. Mm. Or or vice versa. Maybe like you had Ardbeg and you hated it, but you really like Lagavulin. Mm-hmm. Right. So and and which so you is don't know. it's just funny. Which and that's such. I mean, Zach is is a testament to that statement you just said because you're right. He does not like – you do not like the Arbeg 10, but you love your Lagavulins. Mm-hmm. And they're all Eyelays. They're all PD. I but... like my Lagavulin at Christmas time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, it's and... cold outside and I need to be warm inside. Fantastic. So always try it. And I think that Go Dantan mm-hmm. is, is a perfect recommendation probably for most PD things. Unless mm-hmm. you are – you clearly define yourself as a Pete lover. In mm-hmm. which case, I think this fits most Pete lovers' buckets, where it's it's pretty cohesive mm-hmm. and it's an affordable cask strength, and it's I not know. an offensive. Well, I should say offensive to to us. It's not an overpowering Pete on the palate. Like I said, it's it's pretty balanced. No, it has all of those elements, and it has them mostly showcased in the nose, but especially if you add just like a drop or so of water, those that honey and graham cracker mm-hmm. um, crust. Uh, in the baseline really comes through pretty strongly. Balances all the, the uh, brine and the brimstone. Mm-hmm. Brimstone. Oh, brimstone. That's a good word for it. No, see, when I hear brimstone, I think Balcones, the sweaty butt scooter. Sweaty butt scooter. <laughs> Sorry. Balcones has ruined the word brimstone for me. <laughs> that was a fun night. So I decided to spare you guys one because I'm I came from work, and it's like I can only lug so much whiskey in my yeah. truck. Uh, but also, I had heard of the escapades previously, and mm. I'm like, 
you know what? I'll bring some tasty stuff, some strong mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And but, that, but like going overboard and it's not fun. Like I don't even really like to do that because if you feel like you can't get home, that just it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh man, Zach looks like an <laughs> angry sailor <laughs> with his man bun. Get ready. All right. Here's what I'll say about the big peep before we move off of that. I'm going to give it a soft throw it at because while I would not want to drink any more of it, I could see how others might like to. I could understand that if you can get into the smokiness and the peatiness and stuff like that because this one is more smoky, less black markery to me. Like it, it tends towards the smoky and away from the... The black marker of the Ardbeg 10. But again, I'm a baby with Pete. So I got new... I got different glasses out because after that, and my other one still smells like the Unicum, uh, we need new glasses. This will so very, what is This is uh, extremely heavily peated. I mean, look at the color on this. Holy crap. Yeah, so this is Lost Spirits Abomination. Now, you'll notice that nowhere on the label does it say whiskey because it's technically not. For the same reason that my whiskey is not technically whiskey, it's because it wasn't aged in an oak container. It was aged with oak, but not in an oak container. So these guys... Oh, so this is not This is not from... This is from California. Yeah. This it's, is not so they well because I saw single like hundred percent malted barley. I was like, why isn't this single malt? Because <laughs> it's not from right. Scotland. So actually, yeah, uh, and they age it with oak staves. Now this particular expression, it's heavily peated distillate, aged with oak staves that came from American Riesling barrels. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I do like Riesling. So and I'm Me guessing too. that they probably recharged or. Like, they toasted and charred the, the barrel staves after they got them mm-hmm. because the color is extremely dark. Um, I mean, you would, looking at it, you would think it was, it was, uh, like a really heavily sherried whiskey. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I put it along the lines of darkness of like a rum. Yeah, it looks like a dark rum. But it, it's not, and it's really not sweet in that way at all. Uh, it definitely has sweetness to it, as you'll find out, but. The the color is almost deceptive, and it's it, they haven't added coloring or anything, but it is deceptively like that. I think they had to have toasted and charred the, excuse me, the staves mm-hmm. because there it, are these ashy, sooty qualities to it that are definitely like burnt wood, mm-hmm. like straight up firewood from the staves. I love that about it. It's extremely aggressive, and it is abrasive. <laughs> And many may not like that. I personally enjoy it. That is my disclaimer. I, I, you could consider it a flaw, but I actually happen to love it. I, I love that everyone has come on, has brought aggressive stuff with them. Whether they just like to see us in pain or it's something different than the norm. I don't know. I, I think it's funny that everybody brings... They're a very aggressive A game. <laughs> I'm glad our pain amuses you. <laughs> like that... I would have brought like Japanese whiskey and I'd be like, noticed how nuanced and <laughs> tasteless uh, uh, the, <laughs> the whiskey is. <laughs> I, I mean, we had Jap- I... <laughs> uh, 
Didn't Aaron bring? Well, there was some in the advent calendar. Japanese whiskey. Yeah, but yeah, didn't like Aaron that. bring? Someone I, brought us one. I blanket. like Japanese whiskey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of times I've had it and it's good. I'm like, it's just. But it's very subtle. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is kind of a little too subtle for me. But that's that's my taste. That's my profile. Mm-hmm, I yeah. I like shoving hot flaming coals. You know, and sulfury bricks and match heads in my <laughs> mouth. You know, after drinking unicum and eating spicy curry. Like, I like that. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your answer. I'm laughing at Sam's face for everyone at home that doesn't have visual. <laughs> that just give me a stomach ache. <laughs> I mean, you know... On the hmm. show, we always say, you know, the beautiful thing about whiskey is it's totally a personal thing. Like, uh, what was it? Where, where were we? We at the Whiskey Rebellion. When somebody yeah, who said... Quote, um, Jim Beam said... It wasn't Jim Beam. It was one of their... One of their distillers. Distillers said... Someone said, how do I? How should I drink my whiskey? And he said, however you like, just drink it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And that's that's what I... Another thing that I love about this community is, like, everybody has their own flavor profiles that they like mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong you know some people may completely the the lineup that you brought us they might have hated every bit of that you know what i mean but mm-hmm. that's okay because it's just not what you're into and you mm-hmm. don't need to be you don't we're not telling you that you have to be into what you just brought us right it's just, this is what you but this is an like. option absolutely and and yeah. you know what i kind of figured that None of what I brought would have been something that you guys would ever have picked off a shelf. Absolutely not. And and nope. at the risk of you not like it, enjoying it, like because you would want to buy, it, I would want to show it to you. And yeah, that's something I love doing at the shares. I love doing different people I meet, and that's how I spread the love of whiskey. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, hey, you didn't know anything about this, but now you've tasted it. Like mm-hmm. you've enriched yourself. And mm-hmm. sometimes it takes that, and they're like, oh, I didn't like that at first. But then something in them, they try it again, and they're like, oh, wow, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it that first time, but like now I really, really like it. That, mm-hmm. That's how I was with high-proof whiskeys. Like, the first time I had one, I was like, that's just harsh. Like, I don't get it. And But then if I had never had it the first time because I was, like, scared of it or didn't mm-hmm. choose it, mm-hmm. after, like... Like very shortly afterwards, I adopted. I'm like, wait a second, this, this is the way to go. And then I, I fell down that hole. And I do really attribute that to Bobby. I will say thank mm-hmm. you, Bobby. Mm-hmm. But that's very true. I mean, I I remember when my quote unquote whiskey drinking was when I was having whiskey sours, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I couldn't have imagined drinking it neat, not even like a Maker's Mark. Mm-mm. And now. I can't drink whiskey sours because they're too sweet kind of a thing. And it's just like, you know, 10 years from now, I may love Big Pete. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I, But I've I wouldn't have known until you, got, until you brought it. Yeah. And I tried it. And even mm-hmm. if I'm sitting here pissing and moaning and going, oh, Pete, oh, made by the devil, you know, I'm mm-hmm. still glad I drank it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that someone else can't enjoy it. Like, if you like it, good on you. More power to you. Drink it. Or it could have been another log of ruling for you. Like you exactly. discovered, like wait a second. Again, I hate Ardbeg, but I actually like this a lot. Like mm-hmm. it could that could be anything. 
I'm actually starting to warm up to the Glenlivet comparatively to everything else that we have. Well, also the Glenlivet isn't peated. Well, yeah. 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 But even so, like, I still just have... But I've always speaking. been a fan of, like, Highland scotches. Mm-hmm. So well, this Glenlivet's is... Well, Glenlivet's a space you, side. Right. But I'm saying, like, that's really been, like, my... Like, I have liked a couple Islays, but really my... If I'm trying scotches, I really tend towards Highlands, mm-hmm. especially when we had that... The scotch tasting for... um. The Robert Burns night. Oh yeah, at yeah. Aaron's. You know, I, I typically had the Anak. You yeah, the Anak's a great Highland. And I, I typically, but venturing out into these other ones, I'm I'm actually finding there's other areas that that I am enjoying as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and, and I lay included. I mean, I enjoy the Lagavulin. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the <laughs> Robin. I enjoyed the Ardbeg Tent. You know what I mean? Like stuff that I never would have really thought. Happy that you guys did. Someone, someone needs to. Somebody. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that was great content. More for you guys. But let's get back to the abomination, which is funny that it's called that because you would think it absolutely is an abomination. Like objectively, this thing is an abomination. So this is them and trying to make a scotch, but they can't call no, it scotch because it's not that. Like that. That's <laughs> what it seems like, maybe, but it, it's truly not. Uh, they are. They have some kind of proprietary process where they're aging or like hyper aging or super speed aging their uh, distillate, and it just like um, there are different companies that use like infrared or sound mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh yeah, and the these guys or whatever. These guys have some proprietary process that they use. It's a secret or whatever, but this is them trying to push the envelope with innovation in whiskey maturation. Mm-hmm. I think. If you consider that, it's like, hey, look, we're doing something different, and this is probably like a very super young whiskey. Like, but I'm the way they're doing like six it. months yeah. young, but they manage to pull so much flavor out of the wood and mature. I think mature the spirit beyond that you would ever think it was six months. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old it actually is, but that's um, my guess, and it definitely tastes older than how how it is because i know it's young but if you look at the label that i mean there's no no word of whiskey on it no because it's heavy peated heavily peated malt is what it says it was spirits made from heavily peated malt that were then aged with the rizzling oak staves that they definitely you know toasted and charred on of their own accord but the, the innovation is what i think really impressive with this because it's innovation i think it's done well mm-hmm. yes this is super aggressive but they make like they're not trying to fool you that it's not like they mm-hmm. say clearly on there it's aggressive they they have other expressions that are not like over the top like this mm-hmm. i just happen to really like it because it is so i would be in a blind i would be confused like we said the the big pete oh yeah this is a scotch because of just the coloring and stuff. This throws me off because you got the peat smell on the nose, but we already said the color is so dark that I would be so confused on what this was, I think it was like as a blind or aperitif or something. Well, I'm just saying whether this would be a scotch or not to me mm-hmm. because it smells like it, but it doesn't look like it. Right. No, yeah. You know what I mean? You haven't seen yeah. enough dark scotches. If you've ever seen a Glendronic single cask from the 1990s. Well, you're right. They're, I haven't. We've only been doing this less than a year. Than <laughs> they're dark. Oh, really? Yeah. 
they're like almost actually or I have like my homemade stuff mm-hmm. with this these like ruby highlights and everything mm-hmm. you know you never you never know a lot of times it's about uh the interaction with the wood mm-hmm. and that's where you're getting a lot of color or it's um the wood and if the if it was in an x sherry and if you have something like px it'll definitely like really darken the color uh, the other thing is, did they add coloring? Mm. In, oh, in, true. Like mm-hmm. with scotch, you can you can add color legally. There's nothing. Oh. There's nothing wrong with that. Interesting. Like, that's not illegal, and it doesn't change the flavor. Hmm. I didn't, didn't that. know that. Huh. Yeah. So like, well, we're um, here to learn jo- things. Johnny, so. Johnny I'll, I'll Walker. What, we've learned a lot this episode. Mm-hmm. Like any Johnny Walker you've ever had has had coloring added. Hmm. Oh. Um, okay. The Dalmore has coloring added. Lock Laman has coloring added, and there's another list, but it doesn't mean anything. They just do it to make it look darker to enhance your perception of it, number mm-hmm. one. But then, in, like in the case of Johnny Walker, they actually just do it so that the color always looks the same. Mm. So coloring, coloring doesn't mean anything uh, other than like you, if you think that color means something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you're like ah oh, this looks really dark i'm expecting this and then you create that flavor when you taste it yeah so mm. it, it it colors your perception mm-hmm. of what you're tasting uh-huh. yeah. see what you did there but if you were to like drink out of quality cups, word play. like mm-hmm. the color could really mean absolutely nothing mm-hmm. i think here it does indicate something like i'm trying to understand why it's the color it is and mm-hmm. i'd say it's definitely from uh Reseasoning the wood that mm-hmm. they used, mm-hmm. like they definitely toasted or like a fresh, fresh char. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they definitely charred the wood that they used mm-hmm. when they threw it in the in the in the tanks. Here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very evident in the flavor because there's that um, actually just burnt wood or an ashy sooty taste that's mm-hmm. different than than sooty creosol flavors that you'd get from a peated distillate. Mm-hmm. This is very much a wood char flavor that I get at it. I mean, I get the peated distillate yeah. creosols too, but this is on another level. So we had the single malt, the Glenlivet, and we got those like grainy, nosy notes on it. The The peat on this one is overpowering any other graininess for me. I don't, what about you? I'm keeping an open mind. Well, let's jump in there. This is also cask strength at 108 proof, by the way. My mind is slightly less open now. 108 proof seems to be the magic number, because the Glenlivet's... Um, well, let's put it this way. It's not 135. True that. This is, this is low compared to... <laughs> so I'm glad we did yours in the middle. Because, <laughs> like, Bobby, he ended with the barrel strength. strength. Uh, Elijah Craig. A lot of times you go up in proof, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the way to do it. But because of the profile of well, all right, these we things, have uh, I decided yeah. to kind of tailor our experience a little. Yeah, bit I think this was smart because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm gonna be able to taste anything after this. I'm glad we got new glasses. Mm-hmm. Now I happen to think that actually this has a really big sweet backbone. That's because I'm used to these extremely bitter. And ashy flavors, mm-hmm. uh, and I can parse through them a little better for that reason. But I think even compared to the the big peat, 
this has a lot of sweetness in the backbone. The Glenlivet is sweet from the sherry. Um, it is a sweeter whiskey, too, but it doesn't have other bitter phenolics that, that try to balance that, so it comes across sweet. Mm-hmm. This abomination... What is the name? Right? I it's know funny it's the name. It's just funny it. when you... <laughs> this abomination, it it's, has all these bitter and smoky phenolics, but it does have a big... has a big ass. <laughs> like, when I taste it, the first thing I get is the sweetness, and then as it slides back to the mid-palate and the finish... That combines with this, all of those smoky, ashy, sooty yeah. things that you get right on the nose because it nails you on the nose. Mm-hmm. Right, compared to some of the other ones that were a, little, a bit more spicy up front, this one is definitely not that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, with what comes after, the the sweetness on the front end complements the rest of it really well. Absolutely. Like it kind of gradually gets you into it where like where you get a spiciness. It's like, you know, it gets you right up front and then you're hit with all this, the peeniness, the smokiness. I think a really good way to compare it is like if you've ever toasted a marshmallow on a campfire, if you smelled the burnt marshmallow, it would smell like smoke. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. smell like sugar, which is you're holding a blob of sugar. Mm-hmm. But then you put it in your mouth and it's like, oh my gosh, this is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then as that bitter burnt crust you start chewing through it with the sweetness. You get the smoky and the burnt sugar and the sweetness of the marshmallow. And to me, that's how this plays out in, mm-hmm. on my palate. Zachary? John? <laughs> He's nope. not amused. No thoughts over there? Plenty of thoughts over there. <laughs> Spill them. You don't have to be nice because Alex is here. No, I know. He expects an honest opinion oh, from us. Oh, I absolutely do, and I fully expected some. Plus, adverse he opinions. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows he knows the the assortment that he brought. Oh, I know he knows. <laughs> You're never gonna invite me back. <laughs> I will. Well, if you bring cookies, maybe. <laughs> I'll do a whole sherried thing next time. Ooh, that'd be fun. Um, I just I just I don't know. What do you think of this compared to the Big Pete? Abomination's a good name for it. <laughs> um, I, I can see why you would absolutely hate this. Ardbeg has a meaty note to it. Mm. It's explicitly meaty. Not like from the mm-hmm. smoke, like smoked meats. No, it's meaty. Like there's a fraction of distillate that actually mm-hmm. is. There, there are some fatty acids that are very much like cooked meat. Mm-hmm. They're like the same chemical compounds, and I get a lot of that in this. I love that meatiness, personally, mm-hmm. that meaty, almost sweaty kind of like taste and smell, and there's a lot of this in here, and I know you hate Ardbeg, <laughs> uh, so you're probably writhing. Actually, you are writhing. I can see you visibly writhing. Um, can you get this here? No, you can't get it in oh, TA. Uh, I, I picked this up. From the party source down in Kentucky. Okay. Last time I was there. Um. For me, and I'll, I'll, I'll help you out here. Um, it's, it's not that bar. I didn't enjoy this. It's a bar. Like, no, this is throw it out. No, really? Because I feel like if I'm going off of this fro- flavor profile, I'm just going to get a scotch. Like, I'm just going to get a single malt peated scotch, like, personally. You're not adventurous. 
Like, I, I saw this. I said, Abomination, heavily peated malt spirits. I was like, wow, this could be absolutely freaking horrible. I'm going to gamble. And I was like, 50 bucks? It might be a drain pour. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, like, I'm going to go for it. I got to mm-hmm. try new things. And mm-hmm. I was rewarded. Well, that. okay, so I'm I'm teetering between a downtown and, and, and a throw it out. More towards a throw it out because it, at this point with this flavor profile that this has, I'm just going to get a scotch. You know, Which but if you are like, into see, this is why we suck at this. If you are into like adventurous and and trying random shit because that's what this is, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, then go ahead if you find a bar that has it, give it a, or, a you know somewhere downtown that has it, give it a give it a go. But for me, I'm just gonna get it. I mean, I'm glad you gave it to us because this is my adventureness to it. Right, and you but didn't stop it here. Like, <laughs> gamble the same way. I totally get. Like, I knew full in. I'm gonna gamble with this. Mm-hmm. I was lucky that I like super aggressive. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. That, to this degree. Mm-hmm. If you also are adventurous, yeah, try it at a bar. If you're not, I totally get the mm-hmm. throw it out thing. Like, mm-hmm. don't buy a bottle of this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. full on, it is hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know. But I I listen to death metal and. <laughs> listen to heavy, yeah, like lift heavy things and eat spicy food. You know, if you don't like that speed, and you maybe want some peat, buy something very pretty. Yeah. Buy something that mm-hmm. you is well known. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But for your adventurous people, this would be a downtown. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I have no qualms about calling this the third out. <laughs> Unequivocally, that nothing wrong with that. And with slight prejudice. (laughs) (sighs) But not as much prejudice as the Ardbeg. That's still really that's that's I had never before. I was hoping to topple that, like honestly. I was like (laughs) I have never before run to the sink and sucked on the faucet. That's uh (laughs) um That was such a lasting experience for him, like to top the Ardbeg 10, to top 22, you really got to bring it for him. Because that was, we did 10 that night, too. We did 10 of them in a, in a marathon show. So You're there was right. a lot of others prior to that, because this bring, was towards the end. I can bring something that will make it. I, I guarantee you it'll be worse. Like, no, I'm not just confident. Like, I know. That uh, might have to. You know what? We might have to do a. Vi- we might. It won't be a show. That'll be a video edition that we can add to the to the Facebook page. Okay. Because right. I want your facial like expressions. A, all right. Like a barf bag nearby. Or something. <laughs> no yeah. uh, pretzels I, and water. That's I what he am, had last time. I, I will tell you what. I'll do it for the likes. <laughs> do it for. We don't do this for us. We do this for you, fine folks at home listening. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If we can get. Five more people on our Patreon in the next month. Okay. Bottle chug. Slow down. <laughs> That's 50 more people in the next month. If we can get five more people in the next month on Patreon. By the end of August. By the end of August. Uh-uh. Well, that's the next month. Okay. It's August 8th right okay. now when All we're right, recording. This is coming out next week, so by the by end of the August. By the end of August, we can get five more Patreon members. I will fill the Glen Karen. With whatever unholy hell Alex decides to bring. <laughs> and you have to drink a whole thing. And I will chug it. <laughs> on video. For only five people, listen, if you've never had a reason 
If you've never even thought about Patreon, this is a reason to think about Patreon. <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> well, you are, because you're providing the yeah. bottle. One condition. It has to be at my house, so that when I barf, I'm barfing well, my own Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be at your house for that one. And we'll videotape. Yeah, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. You should have a GoPro, so that when you're, like, puking, you have... <laughs> no, I'll just stand outside the door so you can hear <laughs> Yeah, that was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough, but that was not. I mean, again, I can appreciate why people would like it, but I can't appreciate mm-hmm. it at all. Totally get it. It's a polarizing thing, and I've shared this with but... people who love the aggressive stuff, and it's like, no, I get that. I'm impressed with what they're doing, you know. But um, that being said, I do want to thank Alex for bringing it. Because mm-hmm. even when I'm sitting here going, oh, Pete, you know, <laughs> I still think it's important to try new stuff because you mm-hmm. don't know if you're going to find your Lagavulin or what have you. Yeah. You know, it's not all going to be Ardbeg 10. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that we tried stuff that's not quite whiskey, but not quite not whiskey. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like kind of whiskey. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. Like it's cool to see what it's people like are doing w- and how one creativity to bullet it. point away from being whiskey. Yeah, there's a creativity to it. You're seeing people flex their creative muscles mm-hmm. within their profession, mm-hmm. and it's cool to taste it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, give it a shot at least once. Mm-hmm. I did mine already, so I won't join you. But you know, give <laughs> but it for a shot. five more people on Patreon, Zach will do a giant pour, full gun Claren to the top of Alex's choice. By the way, I also have a peated whiskey that I've made. Um, uh, wait, I'm gonna make a caveat here because <laughs> I don't want people to squeak out and just get the low tier. Yeah. You got to get the top tier. Top tier. Five yeah. more people to the top tier, which is would we put it at ten bucks? Ten bucks. Yeah, five more people. Yeah, I'm not doing this for ten bucks. <laughs> five more people at the ten dollar tier. Five people coming at a dollar. By the end of the month, Zach gets alcohol poisoning for five. Zach bucks. will do a a a pour a big pour of. Uh, Alex's choice. Oh, maybe I'll switch it up and instead of something peated, I'll just make it the heart's cut. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds awful. It's like the best part of your runnings of a distillate, but that also means that it's a between like 90 and 100% alcohol. I'm not drinking a gun can of 100% alcohol. <laughs> Hell no. At that point, we may It'll as well be, be like, delicious. you guys, if you guys... Five people at the top tier. Zach will fill this with hand sanitizer <laughs> and eat it with oh, a spoon. Oh, that would leave you a hangover, though. <laughs> oh, I'd be dead. Right, this won't kill you. I don't want it. It'll make you feel warm inside. So for ten people at the top tier, <laughs> Zach will have a, a Perry pour, as we call it, for our friend Perry from This Is My Bourbon podcast. Uh, that's what he calls his. He fills up his Glen Karen. Zach will do a peri pour of the, the heart's cut for ten more people. Ten more people. I did not say that. Now, all right. Name if your number. If we get, if we if we got a hundred people at the top tier, hundred people total. The top tier. The top tier. Ten dollar tier. It's ten dollars a month. People. Hundred people signed up for Patreon at the top tier by the end of August. By the end of August, I would do a half Glen Cairn. Whatever the fuck that is. 
but John has to do it with me. A <laughs> hundred people on it. Th- yeah, absolutely. I'll jump in on that. So we'll do a full parry pour, but we'll split it between the two of us. Yep. All right, I like that. I never said fuck so much on the show before. <laughs> I might have to bleep. Some- no, I'm just kidding. You can if you want to. No, it's already the whole show. The, show. the whole show's got the e on it. We're good to go. Um. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is what Pete does to me. <laughs> Pete's kind of a dick. He is a monster of a... Anyway. To me. To me. Other people rather enjoy Pete. You know, maybe As Pete's... Alex pours more abomination from himself. <laughs> I think Alex is poor. This is like my like, fourth <laughs> part of this abomination. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, To me, that's masochism. Not to him, though. But to him, it's just a delight. Maybe I'm just a baby. I'm probably just a baby. Well, we are still new at this. Yeah. So, who knows? Five years from now, you may love that. Maybe. You may buy the entire stock of After that. I have the whatever the hell runoff. <laughs> the heart's cut. Maybe I'll be like, what is this, water? No, it's Art Bag 10. This isn't so bad. <laughs> I've had Art Ard- Bag 10's runs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With that, the PD runs. <laughs> and on that note, Alex, thank you so much for bringing this this eclectic uh, mix of um, offerings to us. Uh, you guys never disappoint us when when we're coming. Even though Zach's a whiny little baby, um, you guys never disappoint. You always never bring, ever. You always bring some fun aspect for sure to these episodes. So. Um, and pissing him on an aside, I had a lot of fun this episode. I always and, have fun I, with these guys. I, yeah. I'm always just messing. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I feel like we learned a lot this episode. So, Alex, thank you for sharing. Like, we did. Well, we haven't had a true and and the um the the abominations and <laughs> etc. We haven't had a true Scotch episode yet. No, you know. And now there were only that. a couple actual scotches on it. We had your blend. We had the the um. Why am I blanking on the the liqueur? Uh, Unicum. Unicum. And we had the abomination, which aren't tech, aren't scotches at all. But we did have a nice, uh, especially with the the Glenlivet, a little bit more of an informational start to the show, which I know a lot of our listeners. I'd be curious did. to go back and try the Glenlivet again now and be like, oh, I wonder what this is like. You definitely can. It's still here. <laughs> I was actually going to ask for another little boy of that, but. I was just afraid. Which one do I use? That smells the least like. Oh yeah, right. Like, I needed to trick you. I needed to like lure you in and give mm-hmm. you this pretty sweet sherry mm-hmm. space side, mm-hmm. and then just beat you over the head, mm-hmm. senseless. I love that sound. Cool. So it we're gonna so we're nice gonna we're now. gonna finish this out with us having another little pour of the the Glen Levitt because that was fantastic. It's my favorite of all of those. Um. Although your your distillate of uh, coming on par with some other rye whiskeys that we had, I, I have to say, kudos to you. Once sir. I cut the the proof back a little bit with some water, that was probably my favorite thing I had tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to was be, up there. To, to be honest, like um, if you, I, I know you said that this is like a one time only thing, but if you were able to replicate it, if I was able to put some ice in it. I'd drink it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I actually would like you to taste some other things I've done because they're not quite the same. But uh, a lot of things I've done with the wood are the same. I have one where I I treated the wood and then I soaked it in port. Actually, uh, I soaked it in tawny port. Oh. So it's not ruby port, tawny port. Uh, and 
then I matured it. That came out fantastic. I did that with a peated version of this, and it that's a pretty unique thing. You need to you need to try that. Like the the peat character is like almost it's like clay and earth and almost like cocoa. Okay. And then mixed with the tiny port and the wood character, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty unique dram. You know, it's not soot and ash and meat. It's like totally different kind of the way that uh liberty pulls peak comes across in those earthy warm tones rather than sooty ways this is this comes across a lot a lot the same so that maybe that's next time i'll be down for that mm-hmm. well alex thank you again for coming on i'm glad we we're able to to schedule something we uh been trying to get schedules are just hard children and work and everything Being an adult but, in general but I'm glad we were able to get you on the books and and get you down here to sure. uh, to have this to do this wonderful episode. I'm, I think everyone's going to look forward to. Um, a lot of people look forward to when we make Zach hurt, so they're really going to look forward oh, to this gosh, one. And- <laughs> this was supposed to be a fun show about learning about whiskey, and we did slowly, learn. We did learn slowly turning into the whiskey equivalent of jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so does. Um, most of our listeners come from the Pisser Whiskey Friends group. We do have some that have not joined yet for some unknown reason. Uh, what's coming up for Pisco? There's a share coming up, correct? So, yeah, our uh, anniversary will be in the end of August, uh, and we plan to have it at Fury Brewing Company. Okay. And that's do we have a date, an actual date on that yet? Um, it's a Sunday. I believe it's the 25th. Okay. So August 25th uh, will be our anniversary share. Last year we did it. It was a blast. We broke the one bottle rule of you can only bring one bottle to share, mm-hmm. and it was off the chain. This may be a similar day to <laughs> break the rule. Um, we have – I'm putting together this charity dinner and auction. I'm in the process of securing donations and stuff from local businesses. Mm-hmm. So if you have a local business or you know someone who might be interested to contribute to the cause, the cause will benefit the Washington Area Food Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, this is under the Drams for Fams initiative. So we're just trying right. to raise money to help feed people. I think everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. If you know anyone who would be interested, you know, you can – you can reach out to me. If not, contact us and we'll we'll, we'll forward it along to him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it should be a fun event. I'm trying to keep the cost down. We'll mm-hmm. have dinner mm-hmm. uh, and an auction, cocktails provided by Liberty Pole Spirits. It'll mm-hmm. be at their, uh, their location among oh. all their barrels with, like, mood lighting and scented candles mm-hmm. and Barry White and, <laughs> you know. All that good stuff. So oh, good. I, it's a movie. You're very fun. Private. Event. So when when you get all the kinks worked out and you get that ready to go, then we'll obviously share it. You you will obviously share it in the group. We'll share it on the show's page so that reaches outside the group. And uh, yeah, so three year anniversary is coming up on the 25th for the group. And it's a bottle share at mm-hmm. Fury Brewing. You're putting together the the rest of the details for this charity event. We'll share that when it's ready. Anything else? Anything else you want to plug? Barrel picks. Uh, we got a bunch coming um whenever the knob creek ones get bottled we'll have knob creek and we're gonna do a maker's pick uh in at the end of october we'll be going down there Mm -hmm. and doing a maker's private select and for next year 
we have possibly in the works a tealing Ooh. barrel pick, which is that sounds so strange, but they're trying to expand. Uh, and I have a friend who who's his friends with one of the reps, so we might be doing a tealing barrel pick. Interesting. Wow. So fun stuff ahead, basically, Absolutely. is what you're saying. If you're not part of the Pittsburgh Whiskey Friends group, what the hell are you doing? Join the group. Ask, you know, there's what, two questions you have to fill out? Yeah, it's like, are you over 21? Do you agree to, like, read our simple yeah. rules? And, like, what's your favorite whiskey? Yeah. So it's very easy to join. Um, they usually get back to you pretty quick. I know when I requested, it was super fast. Absolutely. All, all of the admins, we, we get a notification when a request mm-hmm. comes in and... If you filled out the questions, you get approved like within minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's that easy. If you haven't done it yet, um, get your ass in gear. Let's go. Let's 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 peak a thousand. Let's go over a thousand. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, check us out on all the social medias: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Pittsburgh Whiskey Friends on Facebook. It should easily come up. It shouldn't have an issue. You can um, Google us too. We have a website that's yes. live, and um, we post up. Uh, different content up there informational things or little stories if we go to do a barrel pick or have an mm-hmm. event like i i think the content's really fun and uh we're trying to add more and more to it and more functionality uh every month that goes by so you can google us our website should show up and our facebook page we'll be like the we're all the top results mm-hmm. so pittsburgh whiskey friends real easy and you, you beat me to it because that was my next thing to talk about is always check out um, our website, which is your website. It's the same thing where, and you know, PittsburghWhiskeyFriends.com or .org. I always get those mixed up. I should know the answer. <laughs> Try either. Google slash, it. Google slash it. Those That's what answers. Yeah. So you can find us on their page even if you just Google Pittsburgh Whiskey Friends. Um, and while you're there, check out their site because they have a lot of really cool and a lot, and they have some um, reviews on there as well from all the different admins. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I mean we've been it's dot org dot org. Okay. .org. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out the website for both. You know, again, it's the same website, but check it out. Explore that a little bit. Give us some feedback. What do you think? What do you like? What do you don't like? Because uh, we are always tweaking it. Uh, if you want to help out the show, one way is to head to iTunes or whatever app, the podcast app you use, and rate and review us. Mm-hmm. If you would be so kind, give us a five-star review. Um, it really just helps us moving forward um, with iTunes or with if we ever try to do any sort of like sponsorship or anything like that. Like going there and showing all these extra reviews and stuff like that will just better our chances for that. So uh, that's one way to help out the show. Another way is the Threadless page. Dramit.threadless.com. And we have your bourbon swag, whiskey mm-hmm. swag. Mm-hmm. Show that you give a dram. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. Remember that. You're going to keep right. using Hashtag that. Hashtag give a dram. Have to give a dram. Uh, and the other way we already talked about um, a little bit ago is to help the show out is our Patreon page, patreon.com slash those dram users. If uh, we have the three tiers and the top tier, the most expensive, quote unquote, expensive tier is $10 a month. Um, if you can find it in your budget, we'd really appreciate that. That helps us um, continue continue doing the show. And if we get five more people by the end of uh, the end of August, Zach will do a Perry pour of which one do we pick? Whatever horrible poison I decide. Right. Yes. And if we get a hundred people by the end, hundred people total at the top tier by the end of the month. Both of us will do a pour of some hearts 
Yeah, whatever the, the hearts cut. Hearts cut. Yes, the most beautiful shine you ever tasted. And if we get a hundred people top tier by the end of the month, we'll probably be moving to a show a week. <laughs> if we get that many people that quickly, so mm-hmm. again, threadless reviews, Patreon page, check out the website. Alex, thank you again for coming. We had a lot of fun. Zach sure. bitched a moan, but he had a lot of fun. I, had, I know he I, did. Man, I always have fun. <laughs> Sometimes I just have fun bitching and moaning. Mm-hmm. But Alex, truly, thank you for coming on. We learned a lot today. This was we really, did. really great. We did. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm a ham. I could talk all day long. Next time, I'd say let's do it as a weekend thing, and then we can get downright irresponsible. <laughs> I should get multiple, multiple, multiple shows. I I sound really like scripted and buttoned up, but like I'm absolutely not that, and especially (laughs) not after quite a few weeks. So we should look forward to that. All right, Zach, send it the way we always end it. Zachary, cheers to you, sir. John, Alex, cheers to you. And cheers to you. Thank you, buddy. 